father again I'm just thinking about the decisions I made in a Kagawanga Pontiac Trans Am and then I'm going down a dental circle K and a hanger ding 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 breakfast club sandwich for dinner again and a ding 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 on down to the Mohegan Sun and a hanging ding ding with the big tits is anybody watching this? Uh, I mean, people are showing up on my. The loser at the roulette wheel, and I have thing, and I win some, lose some. My kids are in jail, and I'll see them next week. I think, seriously, I'd like, did I not pop out the chat? Pop out chat? Oh, there it is. There it is. Oh, okay. Cool. Go number 98. Welcome to, we didn't even hold for sound yet, and we'll do that eventually. But Nick does his dance, and it's about a guy who, who just is a really bad father. He neglects his kids, and he throws up on them, and then, and then he goes, he crashes through the wall of the daycare center. He has a C10, but it has a six, straight six, and he can't afford a V, but he tries to fool people. His name's Jerry, but he wants to be called Steve, and he hasn't really explained that he has problems. He used to pop his zits with a needle nose pliers, and that's why he has catastrophic pot marks. <laughs> Tremendous. He looks like Josh Brolin from Old Country Known Man, just a little bit more haggard and three times as dumb. <laughs> and, okay, so I guess we're going to hold this out. Welcome, everyone, to RCR Podcast number 98. I don't know what the name of this is. This is called Hiker Shuttle because... Uh, uh, I agreed to pick up some through hikers today, as is my way now in the summertime. So I may have to duck out early for this. So Nick will have to close up this podcast. Yep. Um, really, I told I told like one four thirty, and I told the other four, which means like at three thirty I have to leave. So honestly, if we only go on an hour and a half and we just end it like, hey, it's three thirty, I have to leave. Yeah, and we may just end it then. So. I'm having this weird thing where I, I on this computer, I can't see the regular chat. It's just not here. Oh, wait. But if I on. go to. Do the little top down thing. Oh, it's. There it goes. Okay. 
Or just then throw up. No, 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 no. What did you do differently? How did it work when you did it? And I can't do it. I keep my phone turned off in the sock drawer. Because that's my dad. He's got a cell phone, but he keeps it turned off. That way no one can call me. Okay, dad. So, basically... I've gotten into this has nothing to do with anything I swear but I'll keep it brief. I've gotten into doing escape rooms because there is a very cinematic quality to doing them. It feels like you're in a movie of some mm. sort. Maybe not like an Indiana Jones movie but at least that one movie with Sean Connery and Catherine Zeta-Jones like that type of deal where you know it's fine oh shine. Yeah. Oh shine. Oh shine. I don't, I don't know. I, I can't do jump. Best British intelligence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, and I think part of it is that, like, I got to do one with uh, my brother and his fiance and uh, a very special person uh, with me. And so, like, the four of us, we were kind of um, trapped in this, like, vampire escape room. Mm-hmm. And part of it was trying to – it was very much like a Legends of the Hidden Temple type of thing where you're figuring out, like, oh, okay, well, we have to hit these things in this order to make this key drop. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're putting chalices and different holes, and which sounds dirty, but I promise it's not. And there are, like, horror elements to it. But also, I mean, these are not things that I feel come naturally to me. And so I'm discovering that – maybe I'm not so bad at games as I thought I was because after a certain point in age, you feel like, you know, your ability to understand the way games are played diminishes considerably. Mm -hmm. Like it's the difference between going and doing something more adult, like an escape room or going and playing at the arcade with my nephew, Mm -hmm. which I do a lot and I am not good at arcade games either. So it's in this strange way, I found this thing that makes me feel like I'm in a movie without actually having any of the, you know, sort of, danger that's associated with those situations Mm -hmm. but it's very exciting and i'm waiting for someone to create like a car themed escape room of just like you know someone locked you inside a haunted car museum or something or Mm. you're trapped in a garage with a murderous car and you got to figure your way out you know Mm. kind of like this what was it christine the stephen king yeah yeah which i've never actually seen or read um oh imagine that an escape room but it's not a room. It's an escape field. Like <laughs> there's a car here and like a shed and your goal is you got to get out of here. Be like, yeah. it would be like Mad Max thing. Of course you need like property to do that. Yeah. And just like, you got to get in this car to escape. Well, I mean, there is one that is kind of like a vague Mad, Mad Max theme, but I don't know how much it's like biker themed. Okay. Which I kind of want to give that a try just for giggles. Um, mm-hmm. There's also like an alien one, which mm-hmm. I'm kind of into. I don't know. I'm into a lot of things. I've only done like two escape rooms. I made it out of my team has made it out of both of them with like two minutes left out mm-hmm. of the hour. And what's funny is like we were proceeding a group or we were following a group that had previously failed like just failed they were like yeah we didn't really get it and so i'm like oh man so we're gonna be screwed then because it's like me who's only done this for the second time uh the the, and like two other people who've only done this who've never done this Mm -hmm. and we were lucky enough to get out so i don't know 
Um, yeah, <laughs> escape room, but you're in a Ford Transit van. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's. Uh, but yeah. Um. So let's see. I had a. I told Nick this at lunch, but I had a straight dream the other night. You can't. See, that was me rolling my eyes on uh, on on audio. But it was about Chun Li. But it wasn't about Chun Li. It was about a bodybuilder cosplayer cosplaying as Chun Li, mm. and like it was still a gay dream because all I wanted to do was feel her muscles. But I guess I mean she doesn't have a dick, so it's not <laughs> like is fe <laughs> dear men's health. Yeah. Is feeling a, a, a female bodybuilder's muscles gay? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 kind of and because this isn't the first one that you've told no, me it about, was a, yeah, but was two for two. Been, but yeah. they've all been happening on this month of all months, right? Which is you know I, I don't know if it means anything. You know, it's mm. like the whole thing about what do dreams really mean, right? Um, but yeah. It's something where, I mean, I don't know. I can't begin mm. to understand, but hey, you know, it's all about support. And I support all of your dreams. <laughs> Blowjob truck stop. <laughs> uh, super chats. Um, <laughs> so this is a great transition, too. Italian something six nine eight says says nice intro. Yeah, I should do this intro again. And Ryan Vance is the guy sucked off. I had it sold him. I just got to go now. That he has barbaric acid. Um, <laughs> what is the like most inexcusable car you've ever driven? Inexcusable. What like the Festiva type I guess, thing? Like, yeah. I hate the Nissan Rogue on a conceptual level. Okay, so I guess it means like a newer car. Like this is dumb. <sighs> Mercury Mariner was pretty bad. Yeah, that one. Uh, the the you only did the point of view of that one brat. Oh, super brat. That, yeah, in, like, that Florida. was that was just that was like it was road legal, but it was out in Florida, so like special kind of dangerous yeah there was more recently there was a 99 Oldsmobile bravada that was insultingly bad what about the one we just wrote today <laughs> see it, it, that one comes i mean as a vehicle it's, it's terrible it's it's mm. horribly unsafe it's old. You're gonna die. Um, it it can't cool it it can't cool itself or heat itself, much less the people inside. This this is barely a car. Now, yeah. um, it's very unsafe, hard to drive, hard to stop, hard to steer. But as a rolling piece of independence it's cool yeah i enjoyed driving it um we don't want to give too much away but it i i think we did a three on the tree before but this was 
but this was the more recent three on a tree that we did, which, you know, doesn't really narrow it down. No. I mean, it's older, but that, that'd be an interesting question. What was the last three? What was the last column manual shift ever made? Mm -hmm. Justin Kramer has a C10 truck that's a three on the tree. And I think that's like 78 or something like that. I don't know. Hmm. Um, so yeah, good question. Chris Stockslager again. Hello. What is, what's the creepy looking abandoned mall place where you guys film so much? <laughs> uh, it's not an abandoned mall and I don't want to blow up the spot. Yeah. Um, most of the malls around, like, it would have been pretty cool if we could use the Skookle Mall. We're better than ever. <laughs> We're beaver than ever for you <laughs> up there. But they demolished that. And I think Aww. just some like warehouses going there. The, um, the Fairlane Village Mall is getting pretty damn bad. Like its parking lot is horrific. But there's still a Lowe's up there. And there's a Michael's and they do business. And there's, I think, a Kohl's. And I don't know how Kohl's is... Kohl's is nice. Like I've never bought anything at Kohl's, but they have an Amazon drop-off spot. They do. Yeah. That's the main reason to go to Kohl's Yeah, because you can return your Amazon stuff there. Yeah. If you don't, if, for whatever reason, like I had to do it with the hats because like it's so hard to find a hat that fits and this yeah. hat is falling apart. And plus I like these army patrol caps, like yeah. in specific, I don't like any other type of hat. Every other type of hat I feel like I look weird. And um, I mean, I feel like I, I'm weird, uh, you know, bareheaded but whatever um wait a minute yeah if you're gonna take one i'm gonna go i bought we had like a market square thing here the other week and it was like fire those vendors and half of it was just people selling trinkets yeah. but there was a guy from uh west reading uh there was a meadery that opened yeah there's and, a meadery in west Reading. yeah and i bought a bottle and i'm gonna pour some myself you want some mead oh no i'm all right thanks um midnight snack which do you hate more the bravada or the mariner um for me, I'm going to say the Mariner, um, just because it was very uncomfortable and kind of like, I don't know, in the moment, I didn't really have that many problems with it. It was kind of like an after the fact thing where I realized like, I didn't really enjoy that that much. And I know that was probably for Brian. Um, so I can't really answer on his behalf. Um, these are some questions from the normal chat because I like to be able to get to um, some regular chat questions and not just the super chat so that you don't have to feel compelled to pay a SAS question, which is counterintuitive to good business, but whatever. Um, let's see. Uh, why does the rogue sell so well? Um, I don't know. Um, I've always been under the assumption that it had a fairly decent reputation in terms of reliability. Um, but I also think it's also emblematic of that soft, unthreatening sort of styling that pervades in the, you know, 21st century, this sense that like curvy is in. And um, it's just, I don't know. I just remember going to the New York auto show the one year that like, star wars rogue one came out and they had like this x-wing modeled nissan rogue with mm -hmm. a giant death star over top of it and i keep thinking like this is the market of what they're going for they're going for people who uh you know it's like oh i recognize that thing it's a yeah. thing from a thing i've seen before it has and, a wrap on it yeah and it's so it's very much like the very non-threatening, easy to access, easily accessible to everybody mm -hmm. type of vehicle. So that, yeah, I don't know. 
uh, Roman, what do you think of the recent WWE layoffs? Um, is sad stuff. Uh, it only makes sense if they're thinking of selling the company because I don't know why you would get rid of that many people. Well, okay. This is different from the days where they did their usual spring cleaning and would get rid of like 12 people, you know, in one big dump every year or more. Um, and, but this, they're getting rid of people that they're actually using or were actually using rather than just like cutting people that they weren't doing anything with. So I don't really know. It's weird. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Roman, just letting you know that the Christmas song you released last Christmas was probably the best Christmas song that's come out in the last five years. Thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate that. It's available wherever you get music, whether it's like Amazon, Spotify, iTunes, Bandcamp, wherever. Like, I don't care where you get it from. There are some people who want to like go and get it wherever it pays me the most money. I'm making basically no money from music whatsoever. Um, I it's so it's whichever is most convenient for you. I really appreciate. Although it is nice to like show up on the Amazon charts, like sometimes, um, you know, like the comedy album chart. I think I had like the number 25 comedy album when the RCR soundtrack first came out. Mm. So that was like fun um, to be above Bill Burr for like an hour because it was it, the bestseller list is updated hourly. So like I get to be up there for like one hour yeah. before everything corrects. Yeah. And it's back mm -hmm. to like, okay, well, you know, yeah. but yeah, it, it's uh, thank you so much for the kind words. And so back to super chats. Oh, wait. Uh, first, uh, Quaaludes asks, ever heard of the VW UPGTI? I have one that you can drive if you ever come to the UK again. I mean, I would love to come, go to the UK again. It's just a matter eh, of... Eventually. Yeah. Th there was some person online who said that like their $900 like round-trip ticket randomly got bumped up to like 9000 or something because of like some weird... I don't know. It was probably online bull, bull pucky. So uh. I don't know. I don't know. What are we at? Oh, A K E Y S seventy four. Here's here's the in, here's to the intro song. Oh yeah, that's where we are. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> what's the uh the the or the the D D K K? No idea. Yeah, no idea what kind of currency that is. Somebody in the Brand. chat, uh, help us out. Brandon Bauer. Hello, Brandon. Hey. I took your advice and bought a Miata and Corolla. Excellent. I couldn't be happier with these choices. What van do you think fits best for a van life conversion? I know very little about van life. Um, see, to me, van life doesn't really revolve around the vehicle. It revolves around you parking in sketchy parking lots and <sighs> hanging out with other people who are just living their best life. Yep. Ugh. I mean, like, like, like van life is like camping without a destination. Oh, we're just out here doing things on the cheap. I would rather camp with a tent and hike for a long time than live out of a van in like a back lot somewhere. Or you, you're the one creepy guy at the campsite who's not in a tent. Well, it depends on your your age Damn and appearance, life. how creepy you end up being. Because, okay, either you're the creepy van guy in the lot or you are the elderly couple on Unsolved Mysteries that gets murdered because you stopped in a parking lot. Yeah. And then, you know, people decide, hey, we're going to rob these people who are yeah. living in their van or their RV. And then, you know, they shoot the the 
wife and then the husband has to roll underneath the rv and pretend yeah. he's dead and wait for them to go away this was an actual case i don't remember if they solved it and it's going to drive me nuts but i'm right. sure i'll think of it here's the thing no vehicle bed will be as good as a crappy motel mm. unless you're talking oh but what about like uh, like a camper van yeah well now we're talking about a hundred and twenty thousand dollar bus yeah fine see the thing is like I, I i judge like these whole van life things by how good of a night's sleep are you really gonna get yeah if you're one of these people who doesn't who isn't going to think about who's gonna come up to the van and start fucking with me yeah then like i remember i don't know if it was on this if we talked about this last podcast when i did host two hikers here yeah and they were up for a long time and I was kind of worried about them because I'm like, huh, I just invited two strangers into my home and mm. they're just kind of moving all around the whole house and ruffling through their bags and washing and, yeah. and talking about people. And they all have these hiker names are just like furry names. They're just, you just make up something. Actually, hiker names are better than furry names because everybody just makes up their furry name and, and, and they try to make themselves sound cool. But most hiker names are degrading because mm. you did something stupid on the trail and then people assign a, a hiker name to you. Oh. Usually like, I don't know, you shit, your, you shit in your sleeping bag yeah. or you fell or, you know, you knocked over like a bee's nest. Mm. You do something heroically dumb and then that's your hiker name. And you always know people who make up their own hiker name is if they sound like a D&D &D character. Uh, you know, oh, I'm tree hugger. Like, I don't know why I went to that. I am walk. I'm far walk. I'm like, great. You're walking on the trail. Anyway, yeah. what, what what's this guy I'm picking up today? What's his <laughs> trail name? Did he give it to himself? They're like Battlestar Galactica call signs. Oh, it's like, yeah. I'm Athena. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, Athena. <laughs> tree man tree man what is like, he deleted like mega man boss i'm 60 years old <laughs> and a lot of these like oh, i noticed something with older hikers that they don't call ahead to the they don't call ahead to hotels to confirm that yes they have a room available well, it's said on Expedia that there's rooms available. It's like, that's not the hotel website. No, it's not. No. How many times have I booked a hotel and, and like I go to the website or to the Expedia or like the travel or whatever yeah. website I'm using. And then that just takes me to a different page where it's like, oh, there's actually no rooms yeah. <laughs> at all whatsoever. Um, oh, here's the number for the hotel, you know, yeah. if you want it. Yeah, they're all going to the Motel 6 in Charlottesville off an Interstate 78 because the construction crews there in Hamburg have like totally booked the microtel because we got like like out-of-state workers working. I think it's like some joint state federal project. Yeah. Anyway, so they all got to go out to Charlottesville and this little motel by the highway out there, like, yeah, it's a Motel 6, but it wasn't always a Motel 6. It was just some mom and pop place for a while. Yeah. So um, there's no like, they don't keep up with the website. So you have to call and talk to a person that says, do you have a room available? I mean, 
Anyway, and I, and I gave this other hiker a ride. He claimed he has never, I never check out. I just leave. Well, I mean, a lot of places, they don't really require you to check out in the traditional sense. You just give them back your room keys and go. He just says, I just leave. Oh, well. I'm like, but I need, I thought it was a common courtesy. I am leaving. The room is now, you're, you're really doing a favor to the next person saying that, yes, now they can they can get a jump start on cleaning that room for the next per person who's coming by. Yeah. Other than do you have to confirm that they left and then you go housekeeping, housekeeping, and they're going to knock for forever. So you're really screwing the next person. Yeah. Oh, they, they know. Yeah. No, they don't know. They know when you're supposed to be out of there by, but they, they don't, don't know if, if you there. left early. Anyway. So yeah, uh, I took your uh, everything's based van life. Uh, I don't know. Van life is is a nice hotel. That that's my answer. A van night. Van life is a Hampton Inn, and a nice free breakfast, and a, and a clean bed, and a warm shower. That's my van life. All right. While you reload, I have a question from um, Starlight Alchemist. Howdy, Brian and Roman. In the Pacer review, Roman said it was the official car. That's itself. a furry name. <laughs> Starlight Alchemist. Uh, official car of self out uh, the pacer was the official car of self-actualization is there an official car for every tier of maslow's hierarchy of needs which mm. i would have to think about that uh, that almost feels like something that could go in a review to like mm. actually talk about like individual aspects of maslow's hierarchy of needs where i mean i can't think of all of them at the moment i would have to look it up um uh -huh. but uh, sorry, I wish I could answer that question in a way that is more um, efficient than not answering it at all. But yeah. hopefully in a future review at some point, I can address this. Yeah, Maslow. Okay, basic transportation versus something that makes you feel good, which is something that makes you emotionally good, yeah. which is something that is spiritually fulfilling. Let's see. I know where it ends. It ends with a freaking BMW 7 Series. That's yeah. where it ends. Yeah, it's basic need or psychological needs, safety needs, then belonging and love needs, esteem needs, and then self-actualization is at the top, which is self-fulfillment. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I mean, that sounds more or less right. It, uh, you know, it, it starts with like, well, depending where you are, it's like, what's a thousand dollar car? It starts with a it starts with a Chrysler 200 and ends with a BMW 7 Series. And then in between is, I guess, where the fun goes. Yeah. Uh, la, 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 la. Storage space running. K-A. Uh, hey, guys. Longtime fan. I just found out I got into Kutztown last night. Hey, oh, hey congratulations. congratulations. Go Bears. Do you have any advice for incoming freshmen? I'm a geology major. Well, you're science, so you picked a better major than I did. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, leave your car at home. You're not really going to need it in Kutztown. You can walk everywhere um, unless you're commuting. And then, of course, you got your car. See, college now, war has changed. College has changed. So and we're liberal arts in Europe, science. So geology, what do you do with a geology major? Well, I guess you can go out. See, it shows how much I know about what you do with geology. Um, yep, that advice only applies to liberal arts majors. 
you um, do more stuff than just go to class. Get involved with clubs. Uh, he Here. said, oh, sorry. Um, he says he's planning on becoming a paleontologist. Okay. Which is pretty cool. That's, cool. that's pretty freaking cool. Um, <laughs> uh, so get involved with more clubs uh, that introduce you to people oh. outside of your major and also uh, outside of your comfort zone. Um, you will find that you will have time in the day that you never knew you had. Don't spend it just watching videos in your dorm room. Um, get a job, maybe. Something to do on the weekends. All of my advice revolves around, like, not class. <laughs> um, <laughs> Chris, again, like, liberal arts majors, like, so much of my heartache in college revolved around my stupid gen eds, which were science that I hated. Yeah. Cause I had no interest in it. Like I thought we were done with this in high school. So all it was, there was something that sucked so much about college that all of my mental effort went into the classes I hated because yeah. I just had to pass them. Yeah. Like geol historical geology, math, foreign language. Mm. Uh, Jim, I had to take a phys ed class. Now, of course, that's part of the whole machine of college, padding out the major so it actually lasts four years. When in reality, the sum total of your of the regular, like the core classes, really only amount to two years. But I guess if you're going to be in like a line of work where you need a degree, you have to take all that stuff. Yeah, my biggest advice is join clubs do other things and realize that you are capable of understanding a whole lot more than what you are and what you currently know. That's a good question. Good, very good advice. Too. Zach Heilman. Uh, when are you at Oshkosh and come say, can I come say hello? Yeah, you can say hello. Um, I think we're there like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and I go home Sunday. I think it's just Friday. And I think I, we roll up there Thursday. So we have Friday, Saturday, and then we're out of there early morning Sunday. So I'm really at Oshkosh for, for two days. So I'm be there with Tony Airlines. We're Tony Airlines and Greg International. And um, I'm going to be out of my element. I'm going to rely on both of them to tell me, what does this plane do? How matters? Yeah. So that'll be a thing. Um, yeah, you can say hello. Um, uh, I'll try to wear some RCR merch so I stand out apart from everybody else who's also wearing sun hats and polo shirts and <laughs> like Vibra Merrells, which I now wear. So yeah, I'll be there at Oshkosh. Ambient Wuxing says the housing market sucks. Yeah. And screw anybody who can afford uh, full cash offers. Well, that sounds like sour grapes to me. <laughs> there are people out there who can pay full price for a house. Hmm. I mean, not any house I would want right now because my house, I at least need a, I need at least a three car garage. Yeah. But my dream house doesn't really exist. We've been over this. My dream house is a rancher with a gigantic pole barn in the back. 
I mean, it's like everybody wants, everybody kind of has like the dream of home ownership, but there's not really like the expectation mm -hmm. of it. It's like, you know, let's all go in on a house to get, and it's like, well, yeah, that type of vibe. And yeah. it's just like, at a certain point you think about like all the different responsibilities that go with owning a home, you know, different ordinances and all these other things. And I realized that taxes. Yeah. When stuff breaks around here, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, Man, I'd be pissed if I own this place. Yeah. It's, it's like the basement flooded when we got that five inches of rain the other time. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, wow, there's water in the basement. Like all the carpets that are in the basement, some of them are still wet. Yeah. And I'm just running the dehumidifier down here and I'm like, <laughs> And I'd be pissed if I owned this. Yeah. Knowing that after every big rain, the basement would flood. Yeah. Oh, this sucks. I'm glad I don't own this house. Yeah. I mean, I would have to, for like a house house like this, I would have to be at a point where I could just like justify all the things that could possibly go wrong with it. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Buying oil heat. That's a thing. Hmm. Are the houses in Brenning, are they all gas? Are they electric heat? Some are electric. Uh, Wait, no. Mm. Well, I don't know because Reading doesn't really have houses. It just has like apartments. Mm. So, I, I mean, I'm gas. Um, okay. So that's fun. Um, um, oh, wait. No, no, no. I'm not the right person to answer this question. Okay. <laughs> Uh, very legal, very cool. Wouldn't be a podcast without you. Says, looking forward to when you guys come up to Washington and explore Mount Rainier, way cooler than St. Helens. Yeah, but we're, I want to film in the background of St. Helens. And North Cascades National Park. Are you still wanting to go to Vancouver, British Columbia? Yes. I don't know when. I don't know how. Like, I messaged Frederick Knudsen from down the rabbit hole like a bunch of week, weeks ago. And I'm like... Come on, visit it. Can we gonna do RCR Portland? Dude, you gonna I don't even care if I, your parents don't let me borrow your Celica. I'm mean, you just wanna go out here and have fun. YouTube, you know what it's like. Hey, you're hot. And the and then he said, I don't know. Uh he said something to the fact of I think I have jury duty this summer. <laughs> Which is like, wait, what all summer? All summer. Wow. Wow, that's yeah. So so I don't know. I guess I guess eventually we'll we'll be out in the Pacific Northwest at some point. Yeah. Um but I don't know when. Yes. Like I have no plans to travel out outside of uh um Oshkosh, which is at the end of next month. And then in the first two weeks of July, we have the press cars. You have your wedding to go, or you have your brother's wedding to yeah, go to. Yeah, which I still have to write the speech for, which is, I really need to get started. Well, I mean, I still have a month to go, but it's something where I should probably start formulating ideas of what mm -hmm. to say. It's just hard to encapsulate feelings into a brief narrative that doesn't sound sort of too rehearsed in that 
Webster's Dictionary, Dictionary defines graduation yeah. as. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm giving you the graduation speech. Oh, that's right. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, to the class of 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, we, wrong speech. Hyulk, hyulk, hyulk. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, and I've given speeches at weddings before, but it's different when it's your brother. Mm. Wagon Waifu says, buff woman, let's go. Yes, I wholeheartedly agree. Will Downs says, I drove my friend's 2017 Subaru Crosstrek again last week. It was a lot of fun. Very quick car. No. It's a heavier far. It's a. I'll be the judge of if a Subaru Crosstrek is fun and fat and quick. Because I thought it was just a heavier Impreza. I mean, like, it is what the Forester was, and the Forester now is, a, is like a mom mobile. <sighs> nice. Yeah, yeah, I don't think. Uh, thank you for the donation. I disagree with everything you've said. <laughs> Grayscale Griff saying, more a comment, I guess. Right. Recently purchased a 2009 350Z. All right. Been real happy with it. Yeah, it's a fun car. Also, tell the birds hi for me. Like the eagles? The dirty birds? Maybe the other birds? The penguins? On Twitter. Birds. Like Jay the Griffin? Oh, okay. Yes. Hello, birds. Thank you. <laughs> Um, but Arky 74, birds. I'm sorry. No, but also go birds. Also, Arky 74, again with the strange nomination. Oh, it's for you. Oh, uh, where? Oh, Roman, it was me who made the job of the butt photo for you. <laughs> That's terrific. Because I posted this um, photo. It's not even mine. It's something, I, a reaction image thing I found online of, like this is this pant pair of pants where the back pockets form suspicious looking eyes. Oh yeah. And then uh, this uh, user added like the bottom half is Jabba the Hutt's mouth and it works mm. perfectly. It's surprisingly like, I don't know. That was terrific. So thank you for that. <laughs> I got a good chuckle out of it. Difference to dusk says thoughts on European and Japanese manufacturers teaming up to do electric motorcycles with the same swappable battery. I have no, I don't know anything about this, but I'm all about hot swappable batteries on electric vehicles, especially motorcycles. Good deal. I think that should be a good thing. Infrastructure is another question, but I do like the idea of having a short range motorcycle with an extra battery pack back at the house. So you can ride around and then come back and swap out in a new battery. Of course, that's going to be one hell of a heavy battery. Mm. I mean, think how heavy a car battery is. Yeah. And even the weight of the battery in my electric lawnmower. And now you got a whole bunch of those things. Yeah. Mm. But still, it's a solution to the small range. And I like I like where their thinking is at. So yeah, good question. Fall, 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 faller says. Are these Pennsylvania specific or NE isms? Uh, um, okay. Are these are these isms? The pronunciation of cubby hole, cubby hole. Put your lunchbox in the cubby hole. 
Kubi Hole. Yeah, yeah. I always said Kubi Hole. Kubi Hole. Yeah, yeah, I said Kubi. Um, the pronunciation of. Do you want to play Mario Brothers? Yeah, I say Mario. 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 Is it supposed to be Mario? Mar. I think it's supposed to be Mario. No, I've always said Mario. Mario. Mario and Luigi. Mario and Luigi. Mario. Yeah. Calling asphalt macadam. See, that's that's um, that's a a this and that. Uh, I've heard the same people call it either both macadam and asphalt. I called. Uh, I've I've said. Yeah. No, I say asphalt. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's like an old, like a, like an old wives thing. Like asphalt has the word ass in it, so maybe like everybody's grandma didn't want to say ass, so mm. they called it macadam. Well, baby, that ass ain't your fault. <laughs> Link eighty-seven, generous donation. Thank you. Hey boys, thanks for being my go-to drive podcast. What should I do with a Mopar three eighty-three? Just just the engine. I have two of them that need some work. I'm going to build one of them for sure. Swap it into a Paseo. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, I don't know. Sell it. Facebook Marketplace. See, it's an older engine. Is it a Hemi? No. Uh, well, I mean, what kind of condition are we talking about here? Right. Is it ready to go into something? Uh, they, they need some work, which means it needs all the work. Yeah. So it's a big hunk of lump. Let me put it this way. Are these engines on engine stands right now? Or are they sitting on a tire? <laughs> <laughs> or are they in the body of some old doge that isn't moving? Yeah. So, like, I don't know. What are they worth in scrap? 50 bucks? You said, no, God, no. They sat in the field for 20 years. Oh, God. Because um, people tend to... like their scrap, then. Because the thing is, is that, like... And but you can rebuild it. Yes. You can for almost the same. Okay. It's currently sat on a in stand. the field, which means all the water channels are just filled with schlock. So now you get to boil the whole block apart. Well, like if that's your deal, if you want to bust apart one of these ancient dinosaur engines that never really made a whole lot of power to begin with, that people always toss them, four LSs anyway. If you want to really spend your time, just this hunk of Dodge, then fine. Do it. You're yeah. going to spend more money than you would buying some like Blue Point Chevy 350. Mm. God. I mean, now they, they say it's uh, they're currently on a stand. Um, oh, are they magically on a stand now? Well, it's, <laughs> uh, well, you said that before you launched into the thing. Yeah. I just I, I didn't see it. But right. I think part of it is that like when I, I, there's a tendency to when someone says uh, they need some work that people tend to extrapolate that it needs all the work. If you need if you say some work, it extrapolates the worst case scenario. Is the engine free? Can you put a crank? Can you put a socket on the engine on the end of the crank, like on a breaker bar? And will it go like this? Lolly, 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 lolly. Will it turn? Okay, we're, we're getting somewhere. Yeah. Maybe it'll run. Otherwise, it's giving me a raging hard yeah. off. <laughs> yeah. Then you get to worry about what's floating around in the engine. Does anything grow? Is it, what is your compression? Uh, 
Cylinder eight was rusted to the cylinder. Oh, wall. great. <laughs> All right. So the heads are coming off. If you want to have a delightful, fun thing to mess around with on a stand in your garage, and you're not really thinking about money, I'm just going to take this apart and I'm going to learn. If, if you're thinking about it as a learning experience without the actual goal of this going into something, you want to get this engine apart, put it back together. I don't know. Maybe you know somebody with an engine dyno and you can say, hey, I built this engine for fun. It's free. It runs. Here's a video of it running on an engine stand. My price is this. And then price it $100 lower than everybody else who's selling or running three, 383. Then fine. That's like makes financial sense to me. Um, or just going into it. The, the thing about that I learned about rebuilding old engines is that you quickly throw good money after bad. And then you realize that you, if, if you, if you need a power source for a vehicle, you realize that you could have spent $250 on, on, a, on an LS that has like 300,000 miles on it. And it's perfectly fine versus how many thousands of dollars you'll spend rebuilding a doge weight, a boat anchor. Yeah. I'm um, mm. checking. Checking. We may have to get the sign at least at, at like three o'clock. Cause at three thirty, I have to leave. Yeah. So Boris T S Karloff just showing up. Uh, I'm late. Take my money. Very nice. Thank you. <laughs> we will spend it maturely. Uh, I think that's yeah. That's it. Early. I'm just looking at stories online of just relative uh random car related stuff you know like for instance like the tesla model s plaid apparently goes from zero to 60 in 1.98 seconds according to its first test what with like drag slicks on it probably mm. oh on a prepped drag surface and yeah. 10 plus minutes of conditioning but still insanely yeah. quick otherwise all right so yeah you gotta i mean but still, yes, that's heroically fast. Yeah. Um, but you have to get the guy out there with the blowtorch, heating the pad. You got to have your tires already warmed up. Now, here's the thing. Jeep is introducing a Gorilla Glass windshield option for the Wrangler and Gladiator for $95. And they expect 80% of their buyers will choose it. But is that a realistic assumption? Like, to what end? I, I don't know what kind of metrics they're using to be able to justify thinking that 80% of their user base is going to go all in on Gorilla Glass. You know what I mean? Mike, what are they claiming Glass does again? Um, One second. Will it stop a 22? <laughs> I mean, should Will be. Will it stop a BB? Well, I think I think your your regular safety glass can stop a pellet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it can uses... it stop? A, yeah, yeah. They can stop. <laughs> it's... Will it stop a ninja rock? Yeah. Will Will it stop a you know a broken piece of spark plug? Yeah. That's the test. Broken piece of spark plug and one of those uh, one of those slingshots you buy at the flea market. It's filmic wonder says, "Hey guys, love to see you guys again. Have beer money. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very um, much. Oh, it... again." str red wolf hello um i'm sorry i'm interrupting it's just i didn't feel like going back to the other tab hey regular and roman what would you recommend for a guy in his 40s well that's me next month 
who just got his license and needs a car to get around. Okay, yeah. so you're entering the game at a later date. Um, so, and you just got a license, so you need to build skill. Normally we go Toyota Corolla every single time, but if you're learning skill, you're gonna need a little bit more visibility. So my advice to you would be an early 2000s Toyota RAV4. I'd stay with Toyota, but I want you up higher a little bit. And I want you to have some more sidewall, a little bit taller tires. Um, so inevitably you're going to hit a curb or two, but if you're in that type of SUV, um, you're not going to have too many problems. Pretty much anything like just, just buy a used RAV4 from like the 2000s. That's fine. You can probably pick one up for like two or three grand, maybe four or five if you're feeling fancy and buy a nice one. So yeah, Toyota RAV4. Good yeah. question. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm looking at the regular chat, checking for questions. Um, let's see. Uh, VWUP. Nope. Already. Um, oh, apparently the Star Wars Rogue One Nissan Rogue was an actual model you could buy. And there's one in uh, the neighborhood of Joe from Auto Moments. Huh. So that's bizarre because I literally didn't know that. Um, Aaron Crutchfield says Rogue sells well because it's in the right market segment and has aggressive pricing and financing. That's true. That's what Nissan, that's Nissan's best thing is aggressive pricing. And it's a weird thing that their, their, re, their tumbling resale value honestly works pretty well for in the used market. Although so far, the only Nissan I care about, Nissans I care about is the original hard body pickup truck. Of course, the uh, all S13s. And recently, the um, uh, Leaf. Hmm. My super hat didn't show up. Okay. Oh, your super chat? Oh, your super chat didn't show up. Uh, what was the question? Yeah, Chrono Tango. Uh, just uh, type your regular super chat. We'll read it in, in the regular yeah. chat. Sorry about that. Top three favorite strong bad emails. I think um, we get this question. Mini golf. Like, that's the first one. The one where they talk about mini golf. Um, sweet. Yeah. Sweet putt and cakes. That's number one. Uh, number two is techno and no, not no. The one where super chat is uh, strong. Bad gets his, uh, his like whisper quiet disco boots. I think that's number two for me. And the number three, I'll think of it. Um, um, any comments on the new down the rabbit hole video? I'm still listening to it. I like it a lot. It's, I, I so think do it's I. the first time doing military things. I'd love to hear Jocko Willink's uh, comment on it. That'd be so cool if, if Jocko would listen to that because it sounds like like really bad. Yeah, it's it's no uh, decentralized command. It's everybody playing follow the leader and yeah. then but and then like no support for people who have to call an audible. <laughs> um any plans on doing a fifth gen prelude? Yeah, we just have to find a clean one and and you know one nearby. Yeah. Paul Sibert says, "Hey guys, thanks for getting me into motorcycles. I just got a Kawasaki Z125 over the winter and love it. Excellent, great starter bike. Have fun with that." Okay, Chrono Tango says, "Pretty basic question. Thoughts on the Mazda Speed as a trim? What you mean, just like as a name? It's just their performance." I mean, I think it's kind of silly, but again, you know, it it gets the point across. I think it's a little bit you know, candy, a little bit toyish. Um, because Nikon had this problem when I used to sell cameras in a mall, like no men wanted, all men seemed, well, most men only would buy Canon because mm. Canon's cameras, like 
the point and shoots. This is back before phone cameras were, you know, there was a few, but they were all like 640 by 480 resolution. Yeah. So you still had your point and shoot camera. And all men would buy cannons because their line of cheap point and shoots were called power shots. Oh, I Hell remember yeah, power shots. shots. Oh, man. And then, but Nikon was called cool picks. <laughs> and the Nikons were better than, than the Canon ones at the low end. But you couldn't sell a Nikon. Like, like really, you know, weak, fat men who had issues with their masculinity would not want a camera that said cool pics on it. They wanted power shots. So, so Mazda Speed is a little bit toyish. Um, it's not like Type R or something like that. Something nice and vague. Yeah. Um, is there a, a Speed 3 review in the works? I paid four instead of five. Didn't realize it would come through. Um, so... So, um, Mazda so, so a Mazda speed, a Mazda speed three is a Fiesta ST. And then the people are saying, no, there's a difference in the gene and I'm a big. I had so many difference in these irresponsibly small ways. So if we do a Mazda speed three, that's going to be half the review. It's not a Fiesta. I'm so much, I'm the more authentic version of the Fiesta because the Fiesta is really Mazda three and I'm the Mazda speed three. So everything says Mazda should be Mazda. And I'm the one, I'm the one I'm daddy likes me better. Yeah, you listen, you little <laughs> shit. I will literally turn this car around. I, 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 I have no emotion except agitation. Phil McWonder says, um, uh, what are your guys' thoughts on the crazy nuclear cars of the future from the 50s and 60s? Uh, I mean, were any of them, put, uh, were they all just concepts? Or were they all just drawings? I figure if they existed, Jay Leno would have one of them. Mm -hmm. Do you guys think that that with modern technology, nuclear? No. Coswell or Habit? No. no. no it's, it's kind of what are we talking about eventually cold fusion works and we have these little reactors of course i think at that point if cold fusion ever works we just drive electric cars and then there'd be like a cold fusion generating station where you just yeah like back they, up again in the 50s and 60s they thought like we would have flying cars and the cure for cancer and um you know lifelike human facsimile robots that we could use exclusively for sex yeah and we have none of those things the closest we've come is real dolls yeah and that's about as close as we're ever going to get because i guarantee you in 2050 or 2060 we're still not going to have this electric car thing figured out because people are going to be inherently resistant to change the way that people always are yeah change is the the enemy of the status quo because mm. we want to sit in our own bathwater because it is our own brand and who are we not to enjoy our own brand and who are others not to enjoy our brand for it is a nourishing and wholesome goodness my brand was totally evil this morning because i had an onion for the first time in a while i cooked i, I threw an onion in with my ground beef last night and then my farts became Mediterranean and Ugh. I could smell them in my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. That's like through it was several... pretty bad. Yeah. I, like when I, I did a, I did a hiker shuttle run this morning and then and I came back and I must've sat on the toilet for 45 minutes. I just need to fart and poop out all of this smell. Yeah. That's a weird thing. Like, like 
because I eat pretty much the same thing every day, but I get, I'm getting all my nourishment and I take my multivitamins and stuff like that. So I, I guess my gut biome is like a single track <laughs> is like a slot car. And the second I eat something outside of that, it just goes flying across the living room and takes a shit. Yeah. It turns, goes from a slot car into one of those, mm. like, you know, Hot Wheels rate racetrack shits yeah. with the loop de loops that just launch the thing into midair and yeah. hopes it lands back on the track yeah. again. They never do. They never do. They never do. James F says, No question this time. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Thank James. You. Um, Starlight Alchemist, real quick. Another question, if you guys see it. In an area of Canada where Miatas and Subis are plentiful, I want to get something a bit unique but still cheap and fun. Good suggestions for a cheap, sporty daily. That's not a Miata. That's not a Miata. Toyota Corolla XRS or Matrix XRS. The problem with the 2ZZ engine is that the power band is so narrow by the time you shift, you're out of it and you get back into it again. The only thing that engine is really good for is yo-yoing in and out of the power band. It's like jerking off, but just touching the head. Other fun cars uh, that aren't a Miata. The BMW E30, another rear end. That's like a Miata, but hard top, and you kind of has back seats. And yeah, BMW E30, go Euro. There you go. That's my mm. answer. Brian says, Bob, as a socially awkward guy, how do you handle the attention you get from driving the Falcon? Well, I don't have the Falcon anymore. Um, okay, the Falcon Pow and Sarah. Was it nice or it's it's nice because the car does the the car breaks the ice for me. Mm. The thing that sucks about it is you kind of just have the same conversations over and over again. But the Pow was the Pow was the greatest. The Pow was amazing. If it wasn't so underpowered, I might have kept it. But yeah, it's it's great. Pow's amazing as long as you're not going anywhere. Yeah. Andy says. Um, but it's a carbureted car, so it smells. Um, why they couldn't give that the turbo fuel-injected one they got in the Figaro, I don't know. Andy says, uh, last I bought a modded 2012 Mark VI Golf R that belonged to some kid before me. You, uh, I took it back to stock aside from the Stage 1 tune. Prices on ours are crazy right now. Do you think prices will keep going up? I think prices of all cars now are very high. There will be a market correction at some point. Not sure when that's going to be. Right now, just buy and enjoy what you like and just roll with whatever prices are happening if you feel like buying right now. If you feel like... The interesting thing is if you're selling to thin your car herd, great. If you're selling to buy something else, understand that you're going to have to play your cards very carefully. And... Um, buy something that's on the swing down right now, which usually means buying something from the early 2000s if you're trying to flip. Um, if you're just buying something fun, don't worry about it. Think with your dick and you'll have a fun time. Um, do you think prices will keep going up on 2012? No, they, they, they won't. Because it's interesting that 2012 stuff is going up, but they're going up Right now, everything, like if you follow the 25-year, 30-year peak, it's like right now, we're in the 90s. That's where the established peak is. Um, the dip right now is late 2000s, early 20-teens. 
We're seeing, seeing the beginnings of nostalgia now, and then we'll move deep into nostalgia by the time, I don't know, we get toward the end of the 20s, the um, 2020s. Quick question from Russell Zauner. People are building their own electric cars they want them so bad, and the technology is very available and very cheap compared to the first episode of Mr. Rogers. No lie, first episode, electric car. Sweet. So uh, not a question, more of a comment. Uh, because well, yeah, you I can, said, you can like, buy motors that just hook to either the transmission or some directly to the drive shaft of like old classic cars. Yeah. That is what I think is going to really improve like like those old boomer tech stuff is just ditching the IC um IC engine completely and yeah. just putting an electric drive line in. I'd help buy another Falcon just to have that. Yeah. Fill that thing up with batteries. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm sure my comment will age like milk in the sense of like people not or being resistant to electric cars over the next 20 years, because it's going to be something that is going to happen, whether certain people want them to or not. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of like, I don't trust that we're going to get a, a, a move on with getting the infrastructure in place to make it viable to a point where like suddenly we're all electric all the time. It's just, you know, the United States, it's not, often thought of well i don't know that it's not often thought of as a place of considerable land mass but if you think about the sheer land mass of this place mm -hmm. like it would just be such an astronomical yeah we're slightly bigger or slightly smaller than australia i think the lower 48 i think australia is bigger mm. has more like square miles like what well, if you don't count uh uh alaska yeah, Alaska. Al Alaska is this. Oh, right. Alaska. Enormous. Um, so uh, I think like, yeah, I was watching the Technology Connections video on uh, those old hurricane lanterns. Yeah. And uh, why are they shaped like this? So he went into this whole thing, but he had this interesting point that these lanterns, they were only when they were made they were already obsolete because in the cities people already had like coal gas and gas lines in hmm. so you know how like at the end of uh, sister carrie um there was mention like well it's how hurstwood kills himself yeah he just turns on gas. the gas light yeah. and then blows the light out and then just fills his yeah so and that was like those lights those hurricane lanterns were something like mid 1800s or maybe late 1800s and sister Carrie, I think begins 1897. Cause I think I had this in one of my papers for Vogel, um, where, uh, there was a mention of the Sears catalog. So this first Sears catalog was 18, like 97 or something like yeah. that. So that is the earliest that that novel could have began. Well, it was published in 1900, if I remember correctly. Right. So, um, and and they were also in when the, when, the, when there was the bit with the bums waiting for bread outside of like the church or, or a baker. Um, one of them says a war would be good for this country, so it has to happen between 1900 and before First World War. Well, isn't the Spanish American War like take place between oh, fuck uh, yes. like in there somewhere? Yeah, but so it again, had to been then, yeah, as well, yeah, yeah. around that time. Yeah. Um, man, there's so much to discover on rereads of that novel, yeah. it's like. That needs to be the next like non car thing that we review for this channel. Like just sister Carrie. Yeah. Just a four minute video being like, you know, 
here's the story of this, this girl. This is the who, ultimate B-side novel. Yeah. Living in the shadow of of Mark Twain. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so the point that I'm trying to make is that these hurricane lanterns are, uh, yes, they don't blow out. They were a, a good light source, but they only were really applicable um, in places where gaslighting wasn't available. So, which meant the frontier, outside cities and, and farms. Yeah. And they even were still in use as the electrification began. I mean, and this house is an example of that. This where people who are watching this on video, this house was built in 1877. So this house exists before the electrification of this town. This house originally, I mean, if we turn this around, there are hot water pipes that run externally um, up the walls. They don't run in the walls. Um, so, and this, there's some wiring in this house that's still knob and tube, very, very early wiring. You have knob and tube wiring. You go, hey, Grab, grab that wire and grab something metal. You'll have a fun time. Um, ah. uh, oh, but knob tube wiring is really safe. It's just it's old. Well, yeah. Um, it's also wiring that exists outside of the walls. Mm. So anyway, so like the electrification of modern society, things happened in tandem that you still have old technology being a necessity where an infrastructure doesn't exist to support the new stuff. So are we going to all electric? I doubt it within our lifetime. Like the catapults on a nuclear carrier are still steam driven yeah. because that's the best thing to use. Um, so as far as like standards, like uh, st the standards of transportation and st industry standards hang on because, well, people are kind of short-sighted. I mean, think about working on a car in America. You have both. You need two sets of tools yeah. because odds are there's both metric and SAE on the same car, which is dumb. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what, people in Australia, New Zealand, UK, I think UK still has like some standardized stuff, but, or uh, standardized, what am I talking about? SAE stuff, man, it'd be so nice to just have one toolbox, not to have two, yeah. two sets of tools. We ought to get the sign now. Oh, sign, sign, everybody sign. Everybody doing that with an Australian accent. <laughs> um, Fall Faller says, what things do you need from a trip from a trip fixer? I'm in Portland and can help out with Pacific Northwest. Thank you. Uh, things we need out of um, of a fixer, uh, be able to navigate the town, understand where the good and bad parts are, how to navigate during rush hour. But the thing is that we're, we, I was waiting. It's really a cost thing waiting on uh, Frederick Newton because that's like a free place to stay <laughs> and yeah. a couch and stuff. So. And I think the most important part of a fixer is sorry, picking us up from the airport. <laughs> well, picking us up from the airport, but also they because have to now, have... like, who knows what? Like, are we going to get lifts? What's it going to be like at airports? You well, know. even what it's that for the duration of it, they have to have nothing else going on. Yeah, that's another like, thing. Like, another hard. YouTuber can just help us out. Yeah. Now, granted, he works a lot, but he also has a freaking Highlander, which we already proved is a good camera car. 
So that's like two things. Pick us up, pick us up from the airport, let us sleep on your couch and have some sort of SUV we can film from. Yeah. Or van. Um, Parker Smith says, finally caught another stream. And the first thing I heard was Nick talking about real dolls. <laughs> Glad to see you guys live. Grab a coffee on me. Thank, Thank you, you, Parker. Thank you. Garrett Green says, did you get discouraged when the Falcon was at? Yes. For an extent, I had no idea that such a simple engine swap would be, be that hard. It, 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 it. That, that, that's why we didn't edit that stuff down. I mean, I thought I edited the, the Falcon build heavily, but it still had like 20 different episodes to it. Like you fix one thing, you, you, you make, you make one thing fix fit. And now the next thing doesn't fit. Yeah. It's not like what it's like. It's tough. It um, my C4 is at the third shop trying to resolve an air conditioning issue. It's been there for two weeks. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Third yeah. shop and they can't fix the AC. I mean, when it comes to a Corvette, you need a place that works on Corvettes. Um, so you need to walk around, look around, find a place. And you have, a, you have one of the, like, you have the C4, which was that, the, the great leap forward for Corvettes. And I like the way they look. That's about it. Yeah. Um, my, yeah. my answer to you is... Hey, if it's a T-top, fuck your air conditioning. But at the same time, <laughs> just take the T-top off. But at the same time, now I have a small sports car with a lot of glass. That's the thing. People don't realize how much glass is in those Corvettes. That huge back glass. Yeah, that, that's a greenhouse. Man, if the AC didn't work in my in my uh, Sarah, whew, that'd be rough. My uh, window motor is broken the, uh, on the driver's side on the Forester. Um, so I get to fix that. Thankfully, Rock Auto came through with a sponsorship. So there's some free, there's free parts sitting. And that video is probably going up here um, rather than polluting the, the the main channel with just, here's how you fix a window motor in a Subaru as opposed to all the other videos that says, here's how you fix the window motor. Um, but I'm going to make it funny. Yeah. Um, so that's something I get to do later is to just figure out. The, the hardest, probably the hardest part is just figuring out how the door card comes out of that car and not breaking anything yeah. when I take it off. Um, this person talks about uh, Russell Zahner says, or Zahner, airports are just brawling now. Don't fly unless you are ready to restrain the other passengers. You won't get a nap for sure. For some reason, everyone wants to fight on a plane now, which makes me think of like that thing that happened at the cafe today. That guy was talking about how like, you know, people are getting rowdy on the plane because they're drinking before they get on the flight. Mm -hmm. And also it's kind of like this buildup of tension that's being released from being cooped up for so long, I would imagine there's that's something to it. But I don't know. You mentioned like the whole other thing that they do now. Um, yeah, which we won't discuss. Yeah, but it's interesting. The secret way they kick people off planes that no one knows that someone's getting kicked off. Which is really interesting to me. And it makes me wonder to what extent, you know, being on an airplane is something that people have sort of forgotten how to do yeah <laughs> because it's yeah. like how is how travel work um because they are having to adjust to being in a situation that you've almost conditioned yourself not to be in for a longer time than yeah. anticipated and so like i'm going to be flying again for the first time at the end of next month when i go to my brother's wedding and honestly like i don't plan on doing anything differently but 
I can't speak for everyone else around me. And that's a strange feeling because I've always felt relatively safe on our flights. I don't expect anyone's going to act crazy or be stupid, but it feels like now all bets are off because people are now beginning to be released back into the population. Yeah. It's like everyone's getting out of jail at the same time. <laughs> and so, you know, or, or getting out of the supermax at the same time. And now, you know, you're reintegrating into society. And for some people, it's a more natural reintegration than for others. Yeah. Um, and, and I know for some people, nothing's changed at all. But I mean, I know for yeah, my flight to Atlanta was fine. Yeah. Apart from just keeping the mask on the whole time. Of course, I'm cheating because where was I? I was up front. Yeah. So and now that's just more incentive for me to just stay up front. Uh, uh, And to say to the crew, hey, I'm up front. I'm wearing a tie. I'm wearing smart glasses. You know, I'm not the problem. Yeah. That's them. Yeah. I got to blow my nose. Although it's like. I am always, not always, but frequently enough, randomly selected for additional screening. It's happened at least twice, possibly three times. I can't recall, but it's always funny to me because I try to do the whole like look respectable thing too. And, you know, at a certain point you're thinking like, well, you know, it is random. So, you know, there's only so much you can really do in terms of uh, presenting yourself a certain way, but I like to draw as little attention to myself as possible. And I feel like I succeed in that because I don't think I'm inherently worthy of notice from TSA officials, except for the fact that like, I can't remember any time I've gone through a scanner where something didn't go off. So that's just whatever. But yeah, I don't know the travel. It's weird. Cause I've gotten so used to like not being around people outside of like work and family that, there are friends that I haven't seen in like over a year that are wanting to like hang out now. And I almost don't know what I'm going to talk about other than what I've been doing over the past year. And I don't think it's that interesting ultimately because yes, I've driven a lot of nice cars, but it's like anything you would want to know about me, I've talked about on the internet. So I'm not a very, you know, I'm, I'm an open book. And, you know, now granted, like it's different when you're speaking with friends and everything, but it's also something where it feels strange to suddenly be back in those old places again that we were in, but with friends and catching up and realizing like, I don't know what to say. I literally don't know. It's just, I feel like I'm back in high school and I'm on a date with like a pretty girl, even if it's like one of my dude friends and you know, you're looking for conversations about things and suddenly you find yourself discussing the, the weather, like the literal weather and because you've run out of important topics and I mean, I guess like as long as everybody has a good time, it's fine, but it's going to take a while for me to remember what it's like to actually be around people in a normal setting because a lot of the time, you know, social anxiety takes the form of, of a loss of perspicacity. Like you don't know necessarily what it is you should say or how you should act or what's the right or clever thing. But is that one gumdrop? Oh, I thought you had a thing with just one single gumdrop. Yes, lick that. 
This comes from Nush at Moyer's Car Care. Maybe you had so much coffee, it actually doesn't work on you. Yeah, I think they're so. sour. They're supposed to be sour, like really, really sour. These taste like these little... Um... How are you not phased by that? I don't Nush know. gave me... Is that a yellow one? You yeah. put the whole thing in your mouth? Oh my freaking God. Nush, are you watching this? Mm. Nush, you better be watching this. <laughs> he put the whole goddamn thing in his mouth. Oh, there it is. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm keeping this, but... Mm. Really? I, 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 I can't do it. It's so sour. But literally, you're just sucking on it. I, I there it is. Yeah. But literally, that's shit. intense. Um, yeah. Uh, this thing, it's like, I don't know. He has the weirdest stuff at, at Nush. Nush is a guy over at Moore's Car Care. That's one of the garages I go to. And I, often I just go there, get gas, and talk to Nush for a while. And he's like like a hot sauce aficionado mm. and like strange foods. Yeah. So he's also buying, you know, stuff to pass the time, weird stuff. Hey, put this in your mouth. Yeah. And so he gave the he shaved off the little bit of that like uh oh, hot yeah. chocolate that chocolate yeah. that was like super whatever pepper. And yeah. It was like I was getting face fucked by Satan. Like it was just really hot. Man, I can't believe you got the whole <laughs> thing in your mouth. Okay, now that actually, that one, <laughs> I think it's because... Maybe there was a coating of dust. I let it settle. Yeah, I think there was like a coating that was protecting me for a bit. <laughs> it's kind of like a hot, it's kind of like a hot gobstopper. Like it's actually very cold in your mouth. It's crazy that some people use science to just make like the worst tasting thing you can. Mm. Um, oh, wait. oh my god. Oh, the pleasure of the pain. Mm. I think we should wrap this up because uh yeah, text these through hikers. You see if they're even like closed already yet. Yeah. Um uh, who am I picking up first? Picking up someone in Port Clinton. Yeah, it's a coating. It's not the candy itself. Really? Yeah. Mm. But now I'm in the sweet department. Oh, are you? So maybe if I washed it, well, that's cheating if you well, wash it off. I, I took a drink of water because it was like really sour and I wanted, but I forgot to take the thing out of my mouth first. Mm. So I guess I just washed a lot of the sour away. So I guess I cheated, but still, now I have a nice uh, sweet treat. We are. I am finished working and can come pick you up early if you want mm. See, if they text back if yeah. not i'm just leaving in fifth yeah 15 minutes anyway yeah i guess what is today Say Wednesday. No, it is Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. So we got to film Friday and we film Saturday. Yep. So between these two days, I get the notes from you, and then I got uh, then I got to record on probably Saturday night, and then Sunday morning edit audio, and then get back to video editing Monday, Tuesday. I've been getting into this thing now where no matter how 
long the video is, I will get it done in two days. Like I'll just cut it in half. Before I used to only edit, like in the very beginning, like early RCR, like pre-Roman, I was only skilled enough to edit one minute of video a day. And mm. I thought that's insane. Yeah. That's why all the videos were only five minutes because I was I could only edit a minute. Of course, I was also working during the day. Yeah. So I'd come home and I'd look, oh my God, I got to edit one minute. This is insane. And then pretty soon I got good. Well, maybe I can do two minutes. Where am I going to do three minutes? And then for a long time, I was editing four minutes a day. So however the long I would, it would just, which would usually mean I'd finish by like Thursday or Friday. Now I'm so fast at editing, I will get it done. I will just chop the video in half. And however long that is, that's how much I have to edit. So sometimes I'm staring down the barrel of seven minutes to edit in one day. And I'm still getting done by like 1 p.m. Like I'm starting at nine and finishing at one. And I usually kind of just have like, you know, uh, uh, um, a hobbit breakfast, you know, breakfast and second breakfast. <laughs> and that just sort of gets me through the day mixed with coffee, mixed with, you know, a blueberry muffin, mixed with a protein shake. And when I'm done, I'm usually pretty ramped up. And after that, um, I'll usually either do laundry. Like if I'm smart, I take all my editing energy that I built up and just immediately go to the gym. And that's usually turns into a pretty productive day if I, if I go to the gym right after doing editing, but usually I don't do that. Yeah. Okay. So they didn't text back. Mm. So if they don't text back in like four minutes, you know, then I'll just wrap this up and finish. Reject monitors, something Gallant VR4. I already did that. Some prime driven car. Yeah. Uh, it's weird. It's so gorgeous out, but I don't feel like doing anything. Yeah. I just feel like being outside in it. Yeah. I feel like just hanging out at the pavilion. Absolutely. And picking this person up. How many takes for your voice? How many takes for your voiceovers? Zero. Now, of course, I'll make mistakes and I'll have to redo bits, but it's all one gigantic session in the yeah. little recording booth I made upstairs. And then you go That's why I have one day of audio editing just to cut all that down. Mm. Drive an MR2 with a 2GR in it. Interesting. I got to sneeze. Live your truth. <laughs> Bless you. Times two. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, like, ultimately, I always feel like every time I get on mic or either of us gets on mic that there um, should be more to talk about, um, you know, yeah. just in terms of things going on. Yeah. There's really not. Sometimes. So we got that thing maybe with uh, with Joe Matera. Maybe we could do the 100th podcast. Yeah, from there. From there. Yeah. He said it'd be fine. Maybe I don't fine. know if we... And maybe we could get away with I think uh no, nah, we'd probably just bring the mixer anyway. Probably instead of just doing a test run just with the Zoom H4. Mm. Well, of course we would need a different yeah, we'd have to put that camera on a mic on a, on a on a tripod or something. Yeah. Um, I mean, realistically, the 
hundredth podcast content wise i don't think it would be that substantially different from like just the normal one i wonder if we would have our audio muted because they play licensed music in the background mm, but again these things aren't monetized even though we're getting super chats there's there's no monetization for these videos yeah so who knows well we'll find out either either it gets muted or it doesn't yeah i guess that's it yeah. yeah, that's all we got. That's uh, all we got. We just wanted yeah. to get it to a good, listenable, you know, length. So mm -hmm. thank you so much for joining us. Um, thank you for the super chats and your fine questions. Um, a little bit of the sourness is coming back on this. Mm. Uh, um, thanks to the super chats and the Patreon. You allow us to exist as a much larger channel than we actually are. So Thank you so much. And I hope you all have a great rest of your week and weekend and Father's Day and all the things that are worth doing. Uh, I'm Nick. I'm Brian. And have a good everything. I don't know how to talk. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, enjoy the Monday video. We'll see you then. See you then. Bye.